Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Hey, listeners, and welcome to Open Channel, a Star Trek community podcast. I'm Christopher D. Littlefield, and back with me is Brittany Tomes. She's a co-host of A Strange New Pod, and everything is permitted. What's up, Brittany? It's such an interesting question to ask, because normally we're like, for the last, you know, forever, oh, you know, things are going well, Uh, sure, as well as they can be in 2020. But I'm from the Philly area, so we are fucking living it up right now. And we are all exhausted. We have not slept yet still. <laughs> Don't fuck with Philly. Yeah. The memes? Oh, oh the memes. my God. So, listeners, it's Monday when this comes out, but we're recording this the night before. So it's Sunday night. We just got some big news yesterday that is changing the direction of the country and, dare I say, the entire world. And I'm exhausted and relieved and happy and hopeful and joyful and so thankful and yeah thank you pennsylvania for god's sake philadelphia (laughs) mostly the philly area and then you have like pittsburgh and scranton (laughs) yeah allegheny yeah you know there was a few of us it was like montco delco bucks (laughs) yeah oh (laughs) my god I'm just, I'm so happy. I'm so happy that things went this way. I'm exhausted, but it's worth it. And now the whole world knows about Gritty. Yeah, I know. When he he was first introduced, like, it kind of got a little worldwide because there were some other people I talked to and people in Germany would be like, what is this Gritty person? But now it's like, everybody knows who Gritty is. And I'm like, this is so surreal. It's super weird. I'm I'm still not totally fully sure, but it's, it's really cool. Yeah. He's like become like an anti-fascist icon. Yeah, it was like maybe a week after he was created, like two years ago or whatever. There was just like people were creating memes about Gritty, and like Gritty fully embraced it. Like we still don't know <laughs> who's actually under that costume or what their beliefs are, but like the Gritty memes don't stop, and Gritty has their own Twitter, and <laughs> it's insane. So. Oh my god, yeah. that's so cool! Yeah, so. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. And of course, I live in New Jersey just outside of Manhattan. So New Jersey's all good. We 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 made the right choice yeah, too fine. and <laughs> we've got we've got Biden and Harris coming in and and I'm I'm oh my god, it's been a hard 4 years. Yeah, it's it been really, a really has. hard 4 years. I didn't realize how depressed everybody was like working in the comic book store the the day that they announced it. It was like 20 minutes before I went into work. So I told everybody like, hey, just so you know, like, I'm excited. I'm just at work. I cannot see anything. I saw that. I'll get back to you later. I had to say it because my phone was blown up. And at work, every time a customer came in, like, all of us just felt so, like, lighter. Yes. And I was like, oh, my God, we've all been so fucking depressed. This is insane. We got used to holding it for years. Yeah. And then it was just like once it started releasing, it was just like this catharsis that was like. We were, like, laughing at nothing, like, just laughing to laugh. and Right. And there's just, like, the how hard it is to just, like, you know, basically resist for four years and basically Mm -hmm. just try and not let it overtake you that it felt it was carrying that weight became normalized. I'm not saying that all of the Mm -hmm. behaviors and the things that we saw happening to us and other people was normalized because I never thought that was normal. But carrying that feeling started to feel normal. And then yesterday it was just, like... You know, oh, you were like, oh my is, god, it happened. This, we, we're free. We're not supposed to feel that way all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the world's rejoicing. So we know it's not just us. Yeah, right. <laughs> Everybody's happy. Yeah, and um, yeah. So anyway, that's that's my that's my excitement for this podcast with that. But I'm just I'm very happy about that, and I'm glad that we also got a super epic Star Trek episode the same week. We did. And we're here so to good. talk about Forget Me Not, the fourth episode of Discovery Season 3. So we have had some really cool listener comments. And of course, listeners, you know, this show is dedicated to facilitating the fan conversation. So I curate your comments and we talk about them. You can join our Facebook group by typing the Nexus into the search field. That's Holosuite Media's listeners group. And of course, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Open Channel Trek. And I post a conversation thread 
every time a new Trek episode drops, and then you can leave all your thoughts and everything. And then I have a guest on, a different guest every week, and we read and discuss them and talk about them. And yeah, so I I do that, listeners. Join join the Nexus and leave your comments on the episodes. We still have what ten episodes left of season three. Yeah, and you never know when you'll be Nexus in line uh, for your comment to pop up. <gasps> Pun number Ooh. one. Pun number one. Pun down. I'm a little tired, so if I'm bad, just blame it on that. <laughs> it's okay. I, you know, I, 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 that's why I asked you on, so. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we haven't really talked about Discovery Season 3. Are you enjoying it so far? Oh, I'm loving it. I, like, I knew when Season 2 made me cry every episode, I was like, Season 3 is probably going to destroy me. And yeah. lo and behold, I've cried multiple times an episode already. And especially this one, I was just like... Yes. <laughs> Like, my t-shirt was soaking. <laughs> I was ugly crying, like, a lot of this episode. Yeah. I think this goes down as one of my favorite Trek episodes, like, ever. Oh, my God. I was going to totally say the same thing after I watched it. I was like, because, first of all, I love trills. Always have, always will. Me too. And I just, like, they did so many things I didn't expect. And, of course, with the non-binary and trans characters. And then it was just so Star Trek and... There was like a very TNG feel at the beginning. And And they tackled PTSD, which all the other series, like somebody, something horrible will happen to them like the episode before. And then by the next one, most of the time they're just magically fine. Or maybe it carries with the character for like three episodes and then that's it. Yeah. So it's just like, no, they're like, you're not okay. Yes. (laughs) I don't care if you have a doctor or counselor on board. Like you, you are not okay for a while. Yeah. I've only seen this episode once so far just because, you know, election excitement But it's, I agree, this is one of my top, this may be in my top three Trek, this may be my top Trek episode, I dare I say it? I said it was my, like, the best Trill episode they've ever made, so that's as far as I've gone, but I have to figure out what my favorite Trek episodes, because, like, I've always liked Reunion, which is with Jadzia Dax, but this blows that out of the water, so I was just like, oof, I thought that was representation, that was not, this is representation. Yeah, this Dang. is this is up there. This might this this is definitely my favorite. I think it's my favorite episode of Discovery so far. Yeah. Although that's really hard to say because I don't have Jet in it and I don't have Cornwell in it and I love both of those characters. So, yeah, yeah this this is an this is an awesome episode. Okay, enough about what we thought. Let's let's get okay. to what the <laughs> listeners thought. So, let's get started. Okay, so Karen Chuplis? Chuplis? Chuplis. I Choop. think it's Chupless. She's never yeah, corrected we'll do that. me. Karen Chupless on Twitter said, Such a beautiful episode in so many levels. From the music, the opening with the log, to the writing, the flow, everything. It's flowing the episode right up by classics like City on the Edge, Inner Light, and Family for me. I agree. Yeah, I totally. love that opening. Oh my God. So good. Culver. The piano music. Oh, Culver yes. talking. I was like, ah! oh, that's when I started crying already. I was like, you're not okay. I know. None of you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Suman Dewan says, Wow, I am not often brought to tears, but that was a beautiful story. It was so sweet to watch Adira access those memories finally. The scene with her and Gray at the end was very touching. I look forward to seeing her grow. Yeah. Me too. Uh-huh, me too, Suman. I... So one thing that really caught me by surprise, and I talk about this on What the Future Holds, the Discovery Show, is that I did not expect that they were going to pair those characters together. And I, I, I thought we were, I didn't know that they were going to be so closely uh, involved in this season. It's so interesting on my other podcast, A Strange New Pod, we were talking about, like, I was so excited because I knew Ian Alexander's character was going to be a troll, like, pretty early on. I'm, like, friends with Ian on Twitter and stuff, and I've seen, like, different photos, so I was so hyped for it. And then when we learned that, like, Adira was like, oh, I have a symbiote in me, I jokingly mentioned, I was like, what, so there's stuff, like, are there, like, trill symbiotes combined or whatever? And then, like, it happened in the episode, and I was like, oh. I did it. <laughs> I was like, I literally didn't even think that was like a possibility, but it happened. Oh, I love how cool. they did it though. And I want to know more. I, know. I like that they leave it like, how is this possible? How is this happening? I love it. Yeah, it was so good. I'm, I got to watch it again because I'm still blown away by it. And I've... So you thought the episode was great? <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was great. It was adorable. 
Uh, have you used, did you already use those on your other show? I use them all the time, okay. but they're real. <laughs> so uh, Suman Duan said, wow. I just read that one. Oh, no, I You're did the that next one. one. Sorry, I got so excited. <laughs> Rebecca Skipper on Twitter said, loved Colbert in this episode, but my favorite part is when Tilly said, Saru displayed true leadership. Saru cares more about his crew's well-being than his own. This touched me given what is happening in our world now. Same, Rebecca. Same. Mm-hmm. We all need mm-hmm. to care about one another, raise each other up. Yeah, definitely. Um, I yeah, Saru. There, I mean, that's a whole other story going on there with Saru, and we'll get to I more comments Saru. about that. But yeah, I just he is so layered, and the way he's taking that, taking the scripts and 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 and. And just acting the heck out of that is just beautiful. Yeah. No one can compare to Doug Jones. Mm-mm. So we have Piotr Hubers, and please forgive me if I'm saying your name wrong and, and correct me if I am. But Piotr says, this episode was beautiful. It gave me goosebumps. Also, hi, I'm a first-time commenter. And I don't have a clue if I'm still in time because my knowledge of time zones sucks. So you got it in in time. And also we postponed the recording because of the election results because we were all just like, what the heck? Oh, my God. Also, Piotr, you're fine because Discovery is like 931 years in the future right now. So it doesn't matter when you got it in. We got it now. Yeah. (laughs) And also, yeah, so we I sing. Uh, or I make my guest sing first-time commenter, if there's a first-time commenter. So that's why I sang that, Piotr. So welcome to the conversation, and thanks for leaving a comment. Yay. Okay, next we have Liam Smart, who said, Golly fucking gosh, I brandied three times in this episode. So, <laughs> do you know what that, you don't get that, right? I don't really know what that so, means. <laughs> my friend Brandy, she does the Discovery show with me and her husband, and she's notorious for crying constantly oh, okay. in the Star Trek episodes. So, like, Liam and I, Liam does the Voyager show, and so, like, I wrote this little jingle that's like, when Brandy cries, and we, like, throw it into the <laughs> podcast episodes every time she talks about crying, or if she's crying during the recording, which happens often, too. That's literally me. I'm, I'm a crier <laughs> in our group. I'm always like, I just love Deep Space Nine so much, and they're like, are you okay? And then I'll, we'll watch an episode, and I'll be like, already crying five minutes in, and they're uh-huh. like, oh. Nice. So I feel you, Brandy. Yeah, and Liam, I like that that Brandy is now a verb. I love it. <laughs> I brandied three times. <laughs> I brandied more than three times. Yeah, same. But they ran together. They it was just like I lost track because it was like yeah. this perpetual. Because you're like, oh, now I'm fine with the the PTSD stuff, and then you're like, oh god, the troll stuff, and then yeah. back and forth, and then the very end, and you're just like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And uh, Karen Hasha says, damn you, Disco, making me ugly cry again. There's a, there's a trend here. There's a theme, yeah. <laughs> Nobody can say Discovery is all about pew-pew action after this episode. Who better than Hugh Colbert to guide both the crew and the viewer to the conclusion that it's okay not to be okay, that admitting we're not fine is the first step. Yet he is always confident that everyone can and will make it through, I love that he takes the role of counselor, making it a point to check in with everyone. Yes. He was like, you are not okay. And we were like, thank you, Colbert. What are you doing? What are you doing? You need to go relax. You need to talk to somebody. You need to exercise. Just kidding. You don't need to exercise. You're in perfect health. But mentally, you are messed up. Yeah. yeah, it's okay not to be okay. I love this comment. That was really it's nice. It's so crazy that they filmed this all before the pandemic even was a thing because it every episode I think also hits harder because it's so like parallel to what we're going through, especially this one. They're like, "Hey, you are not okay. You keep saying you are. Like the the minute you stop saying everything's fine, things can get better." So it's like we need to talk to each other. We need to reach out. We need yeah. to like physically you know, we see each other in person. You're like, how are you doing? And I'm like, living the dream. Yes. And then like on the inside, I'm like, dying. I'm worried about the election. <laughs> uh, uh. But now it's like, let's all talk. Let's breathe. Yeah. Let's actually be real with each other because 2020 has messed everyone up. Yeah. Yeah. And 2016 and 
and elements so forth, of yeah. 2017, 2018, 2019. 19. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh. Uh, so, Paloma Bennett. Uh, I can't wait until we see what Starfleet headquarters looks like now. I'm a huge fan of Trills. They're my second favorite Star Trek alien, so I was thrilled, or were they trilled, how much <laughs> they <laughs> they were featured in this episode. Also, Jadzia Dax is my second favorite Star Trek character. Okay, girl, who is your first? I know, first right? Oh, I might know that like, somewhere. Right? I'm like, hold on. is hmm. like my favorite, but I also do really love Saru, and I love everybody, and let's be honest. Yeah. I love Nog. I love everybody. So never mind, all out, all out. But Jadzia's got my heart and my soul. If I wasn't already gay, I'd be gay for Jadzia. Oh, yeah. If I weren't gay, I would be straight for Jadzia. <laughs> that's amazing. And that's just the cold, hard Dax. Yeah. Um, oh, God in heaven. You're welcome. I This is what happens when I take a 10-minute nap. <laughs> I was happy to hear that Trill plans uh, to join the Federation soon. I don't think that they were ever a part of the Federation before, even though two Dax hosts were part of Starfleet. And yeah, I, I don't think the Trill were actually like officially nope. in the Federation. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, interesting. Thank you, Paloma. I'm glad that you like Jadzia. I mentioned this on my other show too, is that I, from the moment that I saw Jadzia Dax, I fell in love with her on DS9. From the first moment, I was just like, I, lo- I love this creature. Who is she? <laughs> I want to know more. Like, she's yeah. beautiful. She's crazy intelligent. She's an old man in a woman's body. What's she's... going on? She's got dots <laughs> everywhere. She's looking like a beautiful, gorgeous giraffe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was me. <laughs> and then when, when we saw her the the swimsuit one with, like, with the spots all down, the like, on the legs yeah, and everything, and I was like, like, oh, that's so continue? amazing. They continue? Yes. They go <laughs> that was the, the dots. <laughs> like, dang, it's everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Well, Joshua DeVries says... Trek has told many beautiful stories about healing from trauma, and this episode is up there with the best of them, such as family or It's Only a Paper Moon. There's a little DS9 shout. It may even be the best. Oh, a best story about healing from trauma. You know what? It might be. This one's like the realest. I, yeah, yeah. I know like Nog lost his leg and like that's intense, but I mean like. That's more like war PTSD, and this one's just like kind of any general, like it is for them as well. They've been through a lot, so right. it's like serving sort of PTSD, but it's also like, it's a lot of levels. Adira even had PTSD. She didn't even want to remember her past. Like it's whew, all right. over the place with trauma. Yeah. I, Joshua, I I will, I will agree. I think it's the best Trek story about healing from trauma. Or, mm-hmm. or, or not even necessarily healing, but, well, there's elements of healing, but Finding, at least recognizing it yeah opening the door to to the to to the pathway for healing the heartfelt emotions and incredible performances from the cast really give us something special here no one is quote cured by the end of the episode but they're all heading in a good direction okay there yeah he said yeah, it. That's I, exactly <laughs> it yeah i like that yeah i do too yeah oh joshua that's awesome and he says, wow, also, Jeff Rousseau's score for this episode was utterly gorgeous from start to finish. Definitely some of his very best work for the franchise. It gave me chills on multiple occasions. Yeah, mm-hmm. again, the music for this episode, I just, I've said this on the other show too, is that because they recorded everything individually with the musicians and edited it all together, they had to evolve the sound and the concept of what the character of the music of discovery was. And this episode I think shows it off the most. Definitely. And I like that it was so string heavy because Mm -hmm. the episode dealt a lot with like threads and like, like there's so much symbolism Uh, in in discovery. So you had the threads uh, of like the symbiote that were connecting and like the, they also, they had the blanket. It was like weaving their story together. (gasps) And then you have the disco crew, which is literally like the, the ties that bond them together and they were broken. They were severed. They weren't communicating with each other. And by the end they're starting to form again. So it's like, (sighs) But the music did, I think the music added to like the emotional weight because sometimes you can watch a scene and if the soundtrack's not there, you won't cry, you know? And then uh-huh. the soundtrack's there and it kicks in. Just listening to the music will make you teary-eyed. So I agree. Way to go, Jeff Russo. That was beautiful, Brittany. I didn't even think about that with the strings. 
sometimes I'm deep. I really love symbolism, so I'm always the person in the background that's like, okay, but the lore in this part. And Julian's like, okay. And I'm like, but the symbolism. No, I love that. Normally I pick up on things like that, but just not in this episode. I guess because I was so focused on the piano. I mean, yeah, I noticed the cello, but the piano was just because I'm a pianist. So mm-hmm. I was really obsessed with that. And I also noticed that I feel like they, you know, Alex and Jeff have found this way of like deciding these really impactful moments in season three so far when there's just no music at all. They just completely Mm -hmm. pull it out. And it may be also a very emotionally intense moment. But when they pull the music out, sometimes sometimes not having it is also like it works. It works. And it works for Portrait of a Lady on Fire. No sound, no music in that except for like two parts. And it made that. it that much more powerful. Oh, you didn't see it? No. Ooh, it's I so don't know good. what it is. Oh, it's a French film. They okay. like was up for awards last year. It wasn't in the Oscars. They like totally snubbed it, but it's so good and it's gay. So Oh, I'll it look out. it up. Okay. I like gay stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next we have Suzanne Williamson. I don't even know where to begin with this episode. It was just beautiful. So many stunning visual images on Trill. The fish bird thing, Michael falling after entering the waters, are the two that come to mind most. Saru having an impromptu Thanksgiving-type gathering to help his crew heal ended up just as many of our own Thanksgivings due to family fighting amongst themselves. (laughs) I made that joke on our show, too. I was like, this scene felt as awkward as every Thanksgiving I've had for the last four years with certain family members. I was like, this is incredible. Yeah. Wow. Um... And the the addition of Grey as a character, I absolutely fucking love Grey and Adira. I look forward to learning more, even more about them. And it was also great to see Karen Robinson, Ronnie from Schitt's Creek. Yes. Yes. I wanted to talk about that on my other show. And I, I like too much was happening when we were talking about it. And we t- I meant to mention, I was like, Schitt's Creek. It yeah. happened. Yeah. I'm I'm not finished Schitt's Creek yet because I, I'm, I was late to the party. But I, I know That's who okay. she is. Yeah. And she's great. And also, Suzanne and Liam are throwing the fucks around a lot on this comment thread, so fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do that naturally, and I'll forget, and I'm just like, oops, I cursed again. I don't care but on this. I just I'm emotional. Have... Yeah, I don't. It doesn't. No one's complained yet, so. And if they do, well, you know. I wasn't expecting to love Grey and Adira as much as I ended up. Like, I knew I was going to like them to begin with because yeah. I was excited for the characters, but then, like, this episode alone, I was just like, like, last episode... You know, Adira, I was like, I like this character. Like, they're cool. I want to see, like, you know, what the story has in hold for them. And then this episode happened, and I was just like, I, I like, know. tweeted Ian immediately. And I was like, Ian! I was like, I love Grey. What the hell? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, I loved okay. Ian in uh, uh, the OA also. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's when I started following Ian. And then they ended up being in The Last of Us Part 2 also. And I that's like my favorite game is The Last of Us Part 1. So I was just like, oh my God, you're playing this character. That's so cool. And then doing a Star Trek podcast. And then all of a sudden, Ian was like, oh, I'm going to be in Discovery Season 3. And I was like, Ian, oh my God, we like all the same stuff. What the hell? Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. Um, yeah, I the Thanksgiving meal thing too. Yeah, like I have family members that stopped talking to me after Thanksgiving in 2016. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like full on unfriended on Facebook. <laughs> Family members. Yeah. I've unfriended so much. My Facebook this week was so nice because I've removed oh. so many people. Oh, that yeah. I saw nothing but like good memes. And I was like, Same. this is great. I don't see a single Trumper on here. Yeah. Ah! The only things I saw were like if they were comments on somebody else's exactly. page That's that hadn't done their cleaning. You know? Yeah. You got to do your cleaning. You That's got like people to. who were deciding now to f- finally unfollow and block Trump. I was like, why were you ever following him? I know. Like, if he was going to start World War Three, like, Twitter and Facebook would still let me know without me having to follow him. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh <laughs> You know, I broke a wooden spoon yesterday. This is a total non sequitur. But I once oh. once it was announced, like I started screaming in my apartment. My roommate is gone this week. So like I opened my window in my kitchen and I was like, fuck, yeah, fuck Trump, whatever we want, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. And there was a woman outside on her patio with her like 
two-year-old and i was like oh sorry for the language and she was like no fuck Trump. and i was like right. <laughs> i love it and so she started banging on a pot so i was like i'm gonna bang on a pot too so i got a wooden spoon and a pot and i ran outside to the street and i just started banging on the pot and screaming and i would like shout and then i'd hear someone like far away shout back mm-hmm. and then i would shout back and then they would shout back it was so cool oh that's so i'm so sad that i was at work because i knew i was gonna miss all that and by the time i got home it's not like i could go outside and start banging on pots like it's eight hours later <laughs> So, I mean, like, you could. I mean, I would have to drive into Philly and just join the congregation outside of the convention yeah. center. But yeah. I was like, I don't want to get stuck stuck there for the night and not make it. Oh, home. I wasn't about. I was like, I'm definitely not yeah. going to Times Square. Absolutely yeah, I'm, I'm not. big big on the Corona distancing. So I was like, Same. Y'all have your fun. I know you're still wearing masks because it's Philly, but like, right. I right. will watch from afar and I will. I cheer. will watch. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch on TV. I'll shout a little bit. You know, I'll post a lot of stuff. <laughs> It was so cathartic to. I did yell uh, in my car though on the way to work. I was like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> yeah, just yeah. couldn't. Oh yeah, couldn't live it up. Nicholas Paul Collinson says, "Yet another wonderful episode. It just had so much heart. While it's a bit of a shame that there still seems to be a stigma around asking for help among twenty-third century humans, or at least Starfleet pilots, the way they explored mental health and reactions to trauma in this episode was really good." I especially liked that by the end of the episode, with the movie night, it's clearly the beginning of the healing journey, not the end. What the hell? Yes. Like, this is what's going on. Wilson Cruz was talking about this in his interview at the virtual premiere for season three, because everyone's like, these episodes, like, every single episode is is related to, like, what's going on this week. Yeah. And so Wilson's like, no, none of us had any idea. All of this was filmed before the outbreak. And he was just like, I just feel like the universe is using us. The universe is using season three of Star Trek Discovery. And he's just like, I feel so honored. I feel like it's not us. It's just, you know, yeah. and, and it and it is. I, it's Star I believe Trek that. being relatable like it always is. And yeah. usually it's like further in the future sort of relatable. But you have those episodes where you're like, wow, this really mem- mirrors now right. or this time period. But right now it's like, wow. It's literally you like, like guess the future. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> oh my god, that's nice, Nick. Uh, he goes on. I like that we're getting inklings of Zora, the sentient AI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing I like about that is they implied that she is trying to protect the crew. I love this idea because my least favorite sci-fi trope is the one where AI gains sentience and immediately turns on its creators slash humanity. Mm-hmm. This feels much more like the AI minds in the culture series by ian m banks who are all vastly intelligent and powerful and feel very nurturing towards humanity i don't know that do you i don't either but that sounds great i want to read it i know it sounds cool i want a caring loving ai (laughs) also this could be another subtle reference to andromeda where the titular starship also had a sentient ai computer I kind of switched back before sentient and sentient because mm-hmm. they do that on screen anyway. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Um, I thought it was really interesting that they they hinted at the AI being protective of the sh- of the the crew and the ship because like it's not outwardly stated. But I also thought it was interesting to have that happen in an episode about Trill because you have the symbiote who also protected. Like Adira could have died had the symbiote gone into her because you know she's human. So right. it's interesting that, like, you have the symbiote living within this person and you also have this AI living within the ship, but both of their purposes is to protect their host. So, like, ah. I'm so glad I'm on your show right now because, like, once again, there's just so much to tackle in this episode that I didn't I even know. get to voice that in in my podcast. So, like, I wanted to talk about this. This is so great. Thank you for bringing this up, Nick. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, wow. I didn't think about that. those parallels. I, I had thought about in the other show about how we have these we have these like sources of information mm-hmm. that that we don't know about so like we've got obviously the sphere data and the consciousness that it's having like it has all of this knowledge that we know nothing about that is going to be helpful and useful mm-hmm. in practice and is starting to we have uh obviously the trills the trill the past trill hosts and Mm -hmm. tall and all of the experience that tall has that is bringing to adira and the ship and then we have michael's year before she got everybody else 
Right. And all the stuff that she learned and experienced there. So they're like, there, we have all these sources of unknown information. Infinite potential, infinite possibilities. You know how they right? always say like infinite uh, combinations and possibilities for like diversification in the, fu- in the future? Yeah. I love it. Infinite diversity and infinite combinations. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good episode. This, it this is, is so good. I'm liking it more and more the more we talk about it. I agree. Like, there's some people I know, especially because the last week was just so hard, or this week. It was this week. Oh, my God. Everything feels week. like... It felt like last week was a year, or this week was this a year. This week has been a long year. Um, But there are some people that, uh, even in, like, our, our Discord, watched it, but, like, were like, I don't know. I didn't feel the same way about it. Like, maybe I just wasn't in the right mindset. And now they've rewatched it, and they're like, oh, my God, no, that, that episode was amazing. Yeah. I think mentally I just, like, could not handle it. <laughs> or, like, right. emotionally yeah. I couldn't be there because... I was stressed or I was tired when I was watching it, etc. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm glad the new episodes are out because man, they are saving me every week. I know. So, Kirsty Keen, what a beautiful episode. I once again cried. That's two weeks in a row. Yes, I'm keeping count. Both of our new cast members are off to a strong start. I agree. Oh yeah. Their acting is so good, their chemistry is so great together, and I just love the character. The characters feel really authentic and their love. I'm sorry, but that like people say that up is like super sad and that love story or whatever. This I think blew up out of the water because I was just like, that's what it reminded (laughs) me of. I was like, I'm crying. And this has only been like seven minutes of this love story. And I'm like, I know this is the thing that like blew me away is that, you know how like sometimes the writers or directors or producers want you to get invested emotionally in characters so they like mm-hmm. force it on you and yeah. try and make it happen super fast and i don't know how they did it but to this have this love yeah. but but it was fast like we it got was. it we we met gray and knew about them only in this episode and like it was so real so convincing so authentic so heartfelt that I was completely invested like I had known them for like an entire season or two or something. Yes. And I felt like I was like, wow, this is real love. Like this is, I was like devastated. Everybody's devastated at the same part because you're just like, wait, no, what? <laughs> when you saw the asteroid yeah. come in, I was like, oh but no. But like, you know something bad was going to happen because she's afraid to open the box and you're like, is this a Pandora's box sort of scenario? Oh, or is this like interesting. a, you know, why? Because Michael even told her, she's like, if you don't move past this, if you don't face whatever you're afraid of or these memories, you're going to never be able to move forward with your life. Like, you can't do these things. So, like, it's so awesome that they did the trill and the PTSD this episode because yeah. they connected. She was like, you need to resolve your past trauma. You you need to re- remember your memories, even if they're good or bad, because they, like, will help you move forward with your life. If you're constantly stuck thinking about these things or avoiding them, you're hurting yourself. So I was like, yes. oh, she's being a little Culver down here. This is so great. And that also parallels a lot of what she and Spock uh, with their relationship and everything. And yes. he he says something in order to go to the future, in order to go to the future, we must embrace the past or something like that. That I'm yeah. totally misquoting it. But I know what you mean. It's that like sentiment, that. though. Yeah. I yeah. love their relationship, too. But yeah, I think it speaks to the the writers and everybody that worked on the show that they also not only uh, were planning on doing non-binary and trans characters, but they also found non-binary and trans actors to play yes, them. Yes, yes. Um, even if uh, Luda Barrio wasn't like completely in the stages of, you know, recognizing that or being fully out yet. Right. It's still awesome because along the whole way, they were constantly checking in with them because they don't have trans writers like on staff or anything like that. So they're like, is this, you know authentic to your character like you lead the way we want to right. try and make it as real and i think it really reflects that yeah. if you have diversity behind the screen not only just in the actors but the people supporting them look what happens that was magic oh that episode was absolutely magic absolutely absolutely yeah i mean it it's listen ask people to tell their story you know mm-hmm. it's it let people be who they are and tell their story and 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 then we get we get this, you know? It's yeah. such a gift. You even had some uh people that watched the episode that talked about the scene where Grey was laying on the operation table at first and it's before the symbiote's going to be added. And some people were like, Oh my god, this reminds me so much of before I had my gender corrective surgery. Like this is how it mm. looks and how it feels. Like you're so excited to finally, you know, be right. in the body that you want. So like that's something that even though that scene hit me hard because like I was thinking about the relationship with the symbiote 
since I've never had to deal with that, I, as much as I'm an LGBT member, I missed that. And that, once right. I read that, I, I was like, too. you're absolutely right. Them laying on the table. I've had friends with like corrective surgery that have mm-hmm, gone mm-hmm. through all this. And I like, and it's incredible. You see their, like how good they feel afterwards. And yeah. it's so great to see friends that finally are able to afford it or like they get it crowdfunded, like however they can get their right. surgery. And I was like, dang. <laughs> I was like, I was just thinking symbiote. You just see people becoming themselves, and like, mm-hmm. and and to think how many obstacles some people have just to do that, just to become yourself, just to be yourself, yeah. you know. And that's what Gray says as well. It's um, when Adira's worried that it's like, oh, are you going to be something else? Like, which part is you and which isn't? And then Gray's like, it's all me. I'm just becoming more me than I've been. Like, uh-huh. this is more me. Like. Oh, so much in this episode screams to the LGBT experience. And I know. I feel like I'll probably never fully like be able to feel this episode the way somebody who is trans or non-binary will, but I can still appreciate it for like so many parallels that like this episode made me feel good. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is what we needed. Well, I found myself, I mean, yeah, I mean, I've got trans and non-binary friends too. And also, you know, I'm gay and, but I felt like, I heard, I heard and felt though their experiences more mm-hmm. through watching this episode. Like I felt it. Yeah, I was able to to empathize with it. I was able to feel it, and that that even though you know that that was that was, I think more more very deep for me to be able to have that to be able to have the privilege to be let into that. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree. Uh, oh my god it's been an emotional week yeah yeah let (laughs) us feel guys sorry just let us do it let us do our thing okay jj becker says i can scarcely okay jj i'm gonna preface this with jj has some nitpicks about discovery season one and season two okay maybe they're an abrams uh sympathizer because of the jj just (laughs) kidding love you actually i'm not sure (laughs) He says, I can scarcely believe this is the same show that burst onto my screen three years ago amidst chaos, calamity, and bald Klingon drama. It's true, the best discoveries take time to make. In the case of this discovery, that process was two years of casting about in the tropey depths of the mirror universe and evil AI. It took the lore of time travel to finally hook something big. What they've come up with has been evolving in those tropey depths to spawn as a new life form out of some primordial sci-fi sludge. I like this. I know. He's a really good writer. And unfortunately, I had to cut like a paragraph out because it was a little bit long. But there was some some talking also about Saru and how much mm-hmm. Saru has grown into this like amazing captain that that knows how to care about the crew and also keep them together and make sure they're all okay. Mm -hmm. So I just fast forward a little bit. JJ continues, the cast and characters who have emerged as the dominant species on this season of Discovery have coalesced into something that is truly spectacular. The crew of Discovery has sacrificed and suffered loss on an unimaginable level. The collective soul of the group is fractured, but... Their bonds are strong, they care deeply for one another, and they have just the kind of captain they need to lead them and facilitate the healing. Mm -hmm. This production has come to embrace both on and off screen the celebration of diversity and the exaltation of spirit that Star Trek embodies at its core. I mean, this comment is like... Yeah, like this is everything I'm feeling. Go off, JJ. Dripping gold. Yeah, right? Snaps. Snaps for AJ. Um, where did I where did I go? Discovery empowers us to explore those themes from all the brightest and darkest places of the human soul, often finding its deepest messages in shades of gray. Mm-hmm. Specifically, the new gray that we love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You like the title of this episode? That's the title of the episode: Shades of Gray. But I spell it G A R G R A Y. In a world that seems to be regressing all around me, where people everywhere are choosing sides, Discovery reminds me that everything isn't black and white. There is still hope to be found in between. That's pretty deep. I know. That's like mic drop. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Fall- falling like Burnham out of the sky in the first episode. I know. And then a little liquidy, watery throw up after. Yeah, right. <laughs> I loved that. it. Well done. 
That was great, JJ. Thank you for your thank you for your beautifully written words. Mm-hmm. And I agree. I think it's the show's really come into its own at this yeah. point. I thought season two got better, but now it's like they can do anything at this point, and it's going to be fantastic. So yeah. we have some questions and concerns next. We do, just a couple little ones. Okay. So Joshua DeVries said, uh, did they ever explain why Adira was able to carry the symbiont and not suffer as Riker did when he carried Odon? Was Adira a genetic aberration, as the Trill Elders suggested, or was it because of their connection with Grey that created a level of trust that Riker never had with Odon? Or is it some other reason Then we'll find out later? I don't know if that was totally clear to me. I will say they purposely don't tell us, because I think right. it's going to unravel and come whatever to fruition as the character grows throughout the season and we see their journey. And I think it's important that they don't tell us right away, because both Grey and Adira are going to have this journey. I don't know if it's going to be together or you're going to see both characters, but they're coming back for season four. So right. this is going to be a long thing. They don't yes. want to answer it in an episode, but... Oh, yeah. I want to guess it's something to do with their relationship. I don't think it's just that Adira is like magically just someone who can have, you know, a Trill symbiote in her. I think it's just the no. fact that that love and the symbiote had Grey within them that it, it works out. And who knows what yeah. will happen. Yeah, I agree, too. Um I I think that that the the there there's some type of special situation because of their love and that's why we see Gray again. Um and I think Joshua it's important to know that calling Adira with as a joined Adira an aberration and an abomination is really just a reflection of what society says what a lot of people in society say about mm-hmm. people in the LGBTQ+ plus community, about trans people, about gay people about non-binary people, you know, we are, we are often called abominations. Yeah. So that, that's exactly what they were referencing in that moment. And in that moment, I just felt like, I felt like I got, I got knifed and knifed in the back. Yeah. That's why I love that Michael immediately rushed in to be like, no, this is not what we're doing. No, she's a miracle. She's not this thing. And I was just like, Michael Burnham. Right, right, right. So great. She's a miracle. And, you know, this is how I feel about, you know, I had a friend of mine, a coach of mine, a parkour coach um, nice. who has who has a trans sibling. And we were talking once and it was, you know, for a lot of families, that can be something that, you know, people don't know, don't know mm-hmm. what to do in that experience a lot of times. And so, you know, my opinion has always been that if you are given somebody, if you are like your typical, you know, cisgender straight nuclear family or whatever, and you are given somebody in your family that happens to be trans or gay or non-binary or whatever, that happens to be what we would consider marginalized or less than or, or, or something different that people just don't know about or, or reject or discriminate against. You are being trusted with somebody very special. You're being trusted with a miracle. You're being trusted with a soul, with a person that needs your care and understanding and nurturing and love. Mm-hmm. And I agree that uh, there's a character in this scene, G, I think is his name. It's like XI. Um, mm. That is the one that wants to work with them, who suggests that um, they think that Adira is like the future for Trill. The fact that they're like a symbiote attached to a human, which we didn't think was possible before. And we know that Trill culture is like pretty conservative in a lot of ways like we saw with the episode with Jadzia and running into a former lover that they're just like this is against the law like you'll be outlawed from society and that once again that was supposed to be a metaphor for how it was to be in a gay relationship at the time but uh the fact that G is like I I think we should take her to the caves I think we should have her try to tap into her past lives because if this can happen if symbiotes can attach to what we consider non-trill races or species then our race can survive because I mean, learning in the beginning of the episode that the Trill almost are dead now because of um, right. once again the burn destroying tons of ships that they were on and everything that's happened. It's like wow, that's devastating. That almost like people's favorite one of their favorite races from Trek is facing really dire times right now. So I love that aspect. That like just because I mean, looking at 
the LGBT community, it's like just because some of us can't procreate <laughs> doesn't mean we're not doing things for society or that we can't, you know, add to life. So it's just mm -hmm. interesting to see the the parallels there. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, Liam Smart is back and he says, after speaking to my parents, they were a little lost as why we spent so much time on Trill this episode. I had to explain to them about what symbionts are and what the Trill are as a whole. So part of me thinks that maybe they didn't explain enough why the Tal symbiont was required to go back to Trill. Yeah, I guess maybe that's an inside type of... Yeah, I think they just only stated in the episode when um, Culver's like doing the medical test for everybody, he's like, everybody's pretty much fine, but mentally they're not okay. And then he's like, what about you? And scans her and is like, we can't figure out why you can't remember. So like, you know, the Trill homeworld, we know where that is. And we don't know enough about Trill because they are from the uh -huh. past. They at least know that. So we watching the show, it's really awesome because we've seen everything, right. you know, through TNG, Deep Space Nine. Like we we get hints and we know things about Trill. We've seen the homeworld. So we're like, oh, I know. I know right, what they right. could do. And so the crew just thinks, okay, we'll visit Trill. Hopefully they'll be hospitable. And at least your own like group of people like that have lived these past lives might know how to help you. So it wasn't that they for sure had a plan, but they that's at least why they knew that the Tal symbiote would need other Trill to help tap all the lives together. Mm -hmm. So I think that's ultimately what led them there. Yeah, 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 totally. And just a few final thoughts then. Final thoughts. Nice, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Uh, next we have Baz Greenland or Greenland. <laughs> like the country. Uh, I really <laughs> applaud the show for tackling mental health in Star Trek. It's something DS9 and occasionally TNG did well, but it was good to see the raw ugliness of it presented here. I hope this is something the show continues to explore. I know Gene Roddenberry argued the, that mental health was eliminated, but the Star Trek universe is a traumatic place. <laughs> mental trauma is something that should be tackled at the heart of everything the crew goes through. And I, I agree. As yeah. much as Gene was like, let's have a perfect future where nobody suffers from PTSD. It's like, oh, but it's space, honey. Yeah. It happens in space. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And I I think it should be tackled at everything, at the heart of everything that the crew goes through. Because I was talking at the end of season two, after they jumped, I was telling my friends, I want to see them struggle with yeah. the reality of what they have just done and what they have just chosen. I want to see the consequences I want to see them not okay. I want to see them knowing that everybody they knew and loved is dead. And and like in, a, in the blink of an eye, everybody's dead. I want them to feel that. Because mm -hmm. it's yeah. just, you know, it's not just like, oh, we're in the future. Everything's okay. We saved the world. No, no. You're people. You're, you're, you have feelings. And this is going to be traumatic. You know, you made yeah. a choice for the greater good, but it also meant leaving everything else that you knew. And they decided on that so quickly with Michael. Like, there was a limited amount of time, and then the crew's like, no, we're going to stay with you. And they even knew. They're like, we know what the consequences are. But then after that time skip, you see it really starts to get at them where they're just like, oh, my God, we really did jump this far in the future. Oh, my gosh. Like, I've missed. Like, I didn't. Like, they, they did some goodbyes to their families they recorded and sent out. But, like, they didn't get to experience all these people they love, like, their lives and all these events. So, Right. To see it weighing, I think, is so important. Because, once again, it would suck if it just did what other treks have done before, where it skips, you know, or something doesn't have the full ramifications it should, where they're okay, but really there's something bigger there. Right. Yeah. We're, we're, we're not at that type of Star Trek anymore, because we're not at that type of society anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, we are at major reckonings internally personally and, and externally in our world. And I think we need to see that I agree. and experience it. All right. Allie Black, one of the hosts of The Voyages, the TAS, TOS, and Kelvinverse podcast says, I always seem to be cutting onions when I'm watching Discovery. <laughs> there, <laughs> there are so many things I want to comment on from this beautiful, wonderful, amazing, emotional episode. But in the interest of talking your eyes off, talking your eyes off, I want to say that <laughs> I want to say that it was such a wonderful moment with Adira in Gray. It was so refreshing to watch two beings who simply just love each other. No gender expectations, no heavily sexualized intimacy, 
Nothing wrong with that, but there's a time slash place. Just mutual love and reassurance. However complicated they may or may not be, the moment of love and intimacy without expectation was beautiful. Those two have a wonderful on-screen bond. Yeah, that's a, mm-hmm. that's an amazing observation. Yeah, I think that sums it up really well because it's so nice to see anytime where, especially the LGBT community, will get heavily sexualized when we actually get relationships that are shown on TV to begin with. If we're not killed off, it's like borderline fetishization for somebody. Yeah. And we act that out in our own lives, too. Like, I mean, speaking as a gay man, like, you know, if that's what we're taught we are and it's all about our sexuality, then we tend to we tend to focus on that and expressing that. I've been guilty of it myself, you know. Mm I'm guilty of, uh, like, really going into the lesbian stereotypes where I'm like, well, this is what people think I am, so I'm just going to be this way anyway. (laughs) Do I own five flannel shirts? Hell yeah. Like, all these different things. to be fair, so do I. (laughs) Yeah. But there's also, but there's, you know, it's like a double-edged sword because there's also a power in, you know, in claiming that also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because you want to own it so that way it can't be used against you, which I get. Right, right. I also really liked that, um, specifically, like, Grey and Adira's characters we know that eventually, like, Adira is going to be, um, probably they're going to shift the pronouns so it's, like, yes. they, them. Because uh, that's what, eventually where the actor wants to go with their character and the character is going to be non-binary. And it works with the memories not really coming back and the crew not knowing yet. So I think for this season it might stay she and then it'll change. But the fact that Adira and Grey, they're not introduced by, like, being, oh, I'm a non-binary person or I'm trans. This is what exactly. I've gone through. I love that. Yeah, eventually that'll come up or come into play or you'll see into the past and, you know, learn these things about the person. But it's so nice to see a trans character just be trans. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. gray is just gray. Yeah. And you didn't need to know, oh, what was gray before? They're like, who? who? No, gray is gray. Right. Gray will right. always be gray. And we right. love gray. Yes. So that was refreshing to for me to see because, I, I you know, we, we all have friends that are non-binary or trans and. There's so many people that are just terrible to them and will bring up things from their past. And it's just like, no, like I had a friend in college and I don't even refer to their their name from before. Like they, they right. are Sam now. Like I, this is who they are. Yeah. Like you're a man. This yeah. is it's just reality for me. I'm like, that's it makes complete sense. I don't I don't get it. I know. I, I totally feel you. I did. I worked for a couple of years with the Youth Pride Chorus, the New York City Youth Pride Chorus. And. We had, you know, it was it was a singing, it was a chorus, but we had a bunch of LGBTQ youth. And so mm-hmm. we had trans youth, gay, lesbian, bi, non-binary, everything, the whole spectrum. And it was just like, no, people are just people. Like, and we, we always would go around the room and uh, say what our pronouns were when we mm-hmm. have our little go-around meetings at the beginning of every rehearsal and everything. And it really opened, I had, it really was a big educational experience for me because it was it was just getting to know people for who they are just people mm-hmm. as people who they are and where they are and to that point with this getting to know these characters just for who they are and not saying here comes the trans character you yeah. know this is a trans male no this is gray like you said mm-hmm. and gray was referred to very first my i had a boyfriend right his name is Gray, or his name was Gray, and you're just like, boom, immediately done. This is yes. the character, and and I don't care. I don't. I mean, I care, but mm-hmm. it it's not. It's not. It's it's. What's important is that they just are who they are. Exactly. These people, these characters, and it's the same. You know, just as humans, you don't even have to be a part of a marginalized community to know that we all grow and change over time. Mm-hmm. People aren't stagnant. Right. So people that are so opposed or against a change, it's like, well, you're constantly changing yourself. So if somebody changes their appearance, changes their gender identity, sexuality, I don't even know, hairstyle, T-shirt, whatever, that's just how it's going to be. Like people change over time to not evolve or change would not be to experience life at all or be human. So it's so weird that I think people get hung up over these small things that don't affect them at all. Right. It's like, if that's yeah. how the person yeah. is living, that's their life, they're doing them. If you don't want to be involved, then don't be involved. But if it's not involving you, like so many memes are showing now, it's like, if you're so 
hung up about gay marriage don't get gay married don't you know get what gay i mean married, like, right. like you can say no if a gay person proposes to you and i'm like that's 100 <laughs> exactly. percent it if you got exactly. a problem i'm not trying to marry you anyway so bye-bye right yeah i love it yeah okay now we have steve roberts this is definitely one of the best episodes of star trek there is i'm gonna take a moment here and applaud because yes i agree yes steve yes it is also very very relevant today as we suggest, like mentioned multiple times, because wow, yeah, I don't, I still can't believe they filmed this not right now in front of us live. I feel like it's going to be different when I watch it the second time because the first time I watched it was pre-election results, mm-hmm. so I was already emotional. And then we had the election results, and now I'm going to watch it again after. So it's going to be. I feel like it's going to be a totally different experience now, even though I'm like yeah. basically all cried out the past twenty four hours. It's going to be like a cathartic cry. Yeah, I've been doing that. Well, yeah, true. That's all I've been doing. <laughs> but it's going to feel nice. I think it'll be more liberating to watch. Like, I still need yeah. to watch it a second time. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that I remember so much from it. I know. sometimes you see an episode, you forget, like, some of the names or some of the beats. But, like, this one stuck with me. And there's yeah. specific shots in it. Like, yes. You've seen my tweets. Yeah. I was yeah. just like, this one shot right here where, like, Gray turns around and they start unthreading. And I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, cinematography. Yeah um so sorry continuing, steve. <laughs> sorry steve i just loved your comment that much mental health stability and healing being able to be with others missing people that are no longer with us or out of reach in this covid world we live in this episode cannot help but speak to how lost we have all felt the message of hope and of possibility that we can all come together and be stronger together no matter our differences or views it is the hope we all need right now Oh, what a I love good everybody's way. comments. I love the Star Trek community. Like y- y'all are too great. Steve is the other head of the network too, and I just thought that was that was a wonderful, wonderful comment. A good way summary. To go, Steve. Yeah, thanks, Steve, and thank you everybody for for your really thoughtful and sensitive comments about this episode. I think. I don't know for everybody that commented, but I think most of the commenters are cisgender straight folk. So I think it's 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 beautiful that you all and and for those of you who are not, of course, thank you too, and you're beautiful too. But thank you for for embracing this episode so much. You know, there mm-hmm. there not everybody is like that. Definitely, and I think it's like so great that i'm trying to think of like the wording i want to use here like all of the comments are incredible across the board and it's so great that with star trek everybody gets something different out of it so this episode regardless of if it's on somebody's list as like this is the best episode i've ever seen or this was my favorite of this season or this wasn't my favorite but i really liked these characters or this love story Everybody pulls something different out of this episode, like whether it's the PTSD that maybe got to you more and like maybe you need that right now because you're like, I am dealing with this as well. I need to open up to people. I need to learn and grow this way. Or you're dealing with gender identity or maybe a love that's not seen as normal or okay. Or maybe you're dealing with repressed memories or trauma in that way and you're relating to the trill side of the story. Everybody pulls something different out of it. And if you're someone who's not experienced either parts, and somehow you've come out of 2020 unscathed, which I (laughs) highly doubt, the fact that you can even watch it as a blank slate and pull and learn from other stories to be like, some people experience this, some people experience this. I have now consumed this media. I now understand and can empathize with these issues and these people. Like, that's what I love about Trek. There's some episodes I don't care for, but other people will be like, I love this episode because this character means a lot to me. This got me through this. And it's incredible. So I think that Trek is, it's a great fandom and it's just a great, great franchise. Oh yeah. And this, you know, this episode just like, it just reinforces my kind of my thing, which is that that discovery is the most emotionally intelligent and empathic of all Star Trek series. And this this show just like, or this episode just ramped it up, you know. The true discovery is self love. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, what this episode I mean, was all about. Self-care, it was about acceptance, yeah. acceptance, and uh, like actually dealing with with trauma. So yeah, like yeah, that. it's like there, you know, there's in order to be okay, we have to look at the not okay parts. Like mm-hmm. it, 
we have to do the shadow work. We have yeah. to. I mean, you don't have to, but I don't think you're going to get very far. Yeah, we have to accept that things aren't okay to make them okay. And right. even in the case of, you know, Gray and Adira, Gray mentions that, uh, or they mention to Adira when she finally unlocks, the, you know, all those other hosts that come to greet her in the circle. They literally say, like, like you're now accepted. You're one of us. All of us are one. <laughs> one of us are all, like, and that's all it took is that Adira had to accept this outcome that yeah. I have the symbiote in me. I am all these things. And Gray also mentions that, like, in accepting all these lives, I've accepted myself. Exactly. So it's like that whole thing where you know from an LGBT expect perspective that it's about accepting yourself for who you are. Because that's the first stage to even being able to come out. You have to accept this is how I am. I can't hide this anymore. I've been trying. Like some people try to pray it away, you know. Whatever Guilty. Works. Yeah, yeah. Totally did well, that. Well, we all have. You know, I, like in second grade, I was just like, I don't want to feel this way. I wish it would go away. Like... I thought this was, like, I didn't even know it was an option. So mm-hmm. we're all guilty of doing it. Yeah. And I just repressed it for a long time and just didn't feel anything about anybody ever, which is the worst. And, it you know, that can continue, too. Like, there, I mean, we, I, there, it's a process to accept those things about yourself. Like, mm-hmm. there, I know so many people, and I did for a long time, who carry carry the lack of acceptance of the self th- into adulthood and through their life and yep, it can affect relationships and your own relationship with yourself it affects yeah. everything and then you take it out you get triggered by everything else because you're not dealing with yourself and your own issues you know i'm, I'm when i say you i mean me like yeah I know. <laughs> i'm i'm you know i feel it it's i i'm i'm gonna we're all mirrors of each other so if somebody pisses me off or upsets me or offends me and I'm just angry about it all the time, there's likely something inside of me that I'm not dealing with, you mm-hmm. know? I agree. Wow. Wow. This what a deep. show. I loved it. Might what as well call this one Deep Space Nine, but right. it's Discovery, so. Wow. Wow. Well, thanks. Oh, I'm so glad you came back on. I'm glad, too. This is such a great episode to talk about. And once again, it's something people could probably do a deep dive and talk about this episode for three hours, breaking down like scene by scene. But I like that I was able to talk about more that I just ran out of time on the other show to talk about. Yeah. Well, you have more people on it, too. Yeah. But it was also just, you know, we're trying to, like, cover so many parts of it. And then it's just like, well, let's talk about just the PTSD. Let's talk just about this. So there are little things in my mind. And then by the time I'm done, I'm like, oh, I forgot to mention them. Yeah, and it really worked out that this was this was the episode that you're doing because I asked you like a long time ago to come on for this episode, and it ended up being a very, very, a perfect a very episode. Me episode. A very, a very Britney episode. Ta-da. <laughs> a Britney and Chris special. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. We should do this more often. We can. Um. Well, listeners, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for your comments this week and for 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 really providing some thoughtful, thoughtful conversation. It's been great. Mm-hmm. Brittany, tell us where we can find you, please. Um, you can find me at a strange new pod. Uh, it's on social media, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, or everything is permitted. Also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you can easily go to everything is which has both of the podcasts in it. And if you just want to follow me personally, I'm, I think at Brittany Tomes 10 on Twitter and I'm just Tomes Brittany or Brittany Tomes on Instagram and Facebook. So you'll find me. I'll find you. We'll find each other. I'll find you. (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah. All right. Thanks again. And I'll see you soon. See you next time. You can join the Open Channel conversation on Twitter and Facebook by following us at Open Channel Trek and by joining our listeners group on Facebook by typing the Nexus into the search field. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at C.D. Littlefield. Keep an eye out for my open channel conversation threads on Facebook and Twitter, which I will post every Thursday right before each new Star Trek episode drops. Thanks for listening to Open Channel. Channel Open, standing by. This show is brought to you by Sweet Media. Computer, list other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program for Boldly Go, a Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast. 
it's too much effort and I'm busy. I got to get this done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he had stuff to do. He had logs to plant. He had a ship to take over. <laughs> he had an entire plot to, uh, to fill out and make everyone think that he needed to have a trial for mutiny. <laughs> Because that will distract everyone long enough for them to get to Talos for. He's busier than Prince Humperdinck. Loading Holosuite Preview Program for Starpod Trek, a podcast exploring Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future. So we're seeing that the early Star Trek conventions were, were a nice balance between science fiction and real-world science. And that was cool, because the, because a lot of uh, Star Trek fans are interested in science. And, a lot of, and I mean, all of those um, science guests that were there probably were Star Trek fans. And, and they, they probably even said that, that they got into science because of their love of Star Trek. Loading Holosuite Preview Program for The Vedic Assembly. A Deep Space Nine podcast. We don't know what that Cardassian technology is, but it could, yeah. Do we need to know? No, nah. we don't need to know. Just some bit of self-stealing, self-sealing stem bolts. <laughs> yes, it wants those self-sealing stem bolts. And <laughs> Somebody wants them. <laughs> because self-sealing, you guys. Yes. I mean, it's not just a regular stem bolt. <laughs> I don't know why you don't get why these are so valuable. Okay. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.